Welcome to another episode of the Jones.com podcast. Today, I have a special guest here with me, um, former co-worker. Now, we're just uh, really, really good friends. Real estate agent. She she loves to travel. Um, and uh, she's just a, a good person in general. Um, my friend, uh, Leandra. How you hey, doing? Hey, y'all. <laughs> How's it going? Um, I'm great. Kind of just got off work. How about you? Okay. Um, I'm actually staging. So I also do interior design. So I'm at a staging project right now. Mm-hmm. Taking some time out for you. <laughs> How's that going? Like, uh, like staging apartments and interior designing itself. Like, what is that like? It's amazing. Uh, so I basically get to create my own schedule. And I'm currently working with my mentor who has Airbnbs around Atlanta. So we're staging one of her Airbnbs right now. So it's pretty cool. So if I need an Airbnb, can I come to you for a discount? No. Oh my God. <laughs> it's not my Airbnb. So But you but you you worked on it. So that I think I Okay, okay. Maybe I'm I plan on getting my own Airbnb. So when that happens I can probably look out. Okay. Let me know about that. On like a slow week or something. A slow week. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> but um, how'd you get into interior designing? Like, how did that start? Well, I actually grew up loving it. Like, I used to watch trading spaces on TLC, and I just fell in love with the whole process of interior design. So I would say since the age of, like, 13, I've mm. been really into it. And I didn't fully get into it, like, doing it full-time until 2016 so I'm still fresh about four years now going on five mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I like it it's definitely like something that I've always wanted to do uh the corporate life was not for me I just like more flexibility and just being able to, like that's my lane mm, like okay I, I I get it uh corporate life's not for everybody I don't know if it's for me just yet I mm-hmm. I know I can't do a computer job. Like right. every time I'm in front of a computer, like in the morning time, I'm just I just want to pass out. Like, yo, why am I just sitting here staring at a screen doing who knows what? Exactly. So and I did that for about five years of my life. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. So it wasn't for me. So when it comes to interior designing, like how do you find customers mostly friends of friends social media word of so mouth word, yeah, word of mouth oh, that makes sense is it yeah. easy is what easy gaining customers um actually it's been pretty consistent recently like but there was slow months and that was mostly when i was like preoccupied with work mm-hmm. so i was actually working at delta or um, working at a corporate job, I really didn't have the time to focus on both. So mm-hmm. now that interior design has my undivided attention, business is like flowing. Okay. So lesson I learned, like you can't really, like some people can do both. Like they can work a nine to five and go work on their passion. But mm-hmm. with me, I kind of need to focus on one thing, like what I love to do, because otherwise it's kind of hard to balance. So you think like if 
it's if someone has like a side passion or a true passion, but they're still working like a corporate job, would you ask people to leave their corporate job and go follow their dream? Or is it all about timing and patience? Like, because, you know, some people can just put their all into their dream and then they not work out. And, you know, that's why I said people have a backup plan. But at the same time, other people that tell you uh, if you have a backup plan, if you have a plan B, you're not you're not really solidified in plan A. Like, how do you feel about that? I don't believe that. Um, I wouldn't advise anybody to just leave their uh, nine to five or whatever is paying their bills. Mm -hmm. I feel like timing is important. Like, so until you know that you're comfortable, like with what you have, like, hopefully you will be saving up some money from work from your job so mm. that when you do jump ship you'll have some cushion like that's ideal so i wouldn't advise anybody to just leave without any savings without a safety net at all like that might not be wise but if you <laughs> see that if you see that your side hustle is gaining momentum and earning you money um and you can kind of stand on that then might take, be time to let that go yeah take that leap of faith yeah so that's is that what made you take the leap of faith or what? Like how did that? It was really like I don't know if you're like spiritual, but I'm pretty spiritual. So I just believe like God kind of aligned everything to where it was like clear as day. Like okay, this is what you need to be doing. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I was working my nine to five and then um, one of my homies was like, hey, you should apply for Delta. So I applied for Delta and then, of course, training, you had to train for Delta. So it kind of interfered with work. So I had mm -hmm. to, I mean, I don't care at this point, I'm done. But I basically told them a family emergency happened and I needed to be <laughs> out of work for two weeks. Right. So they was like, okay, we'll allow you two weeks to be out of work. Um so I was out of work, but I was at, <laughs> I was training for another position. Right. So I did that. Everything went well. And then it was like an additional week was needed. And I was like, oh, they're not going to go for this. <laughs> so I tried it, though. I was like, okay, I need one more week. And they were like, basically, no. And I was like, okay, well, I'm out. And so I was making drastic, <laughs> drastically less money. But I feel like the benefits outweighed that. And I knew that I could just focus on my business because it was a part-time job. So it was like everything was just kind of lining up for me to just be an entrepreneur. Oh, huh? listen. That your your Delta story sounds a lot better than my <laughs> Delta story. Uh, okay, I've never really told many people this, right? Because uh, right. a lot of people don't even know I work for Delta. See, I, I didn't know to... if I was supposed to mention that. It's, or... it's whatever. Um, I, I usually keep it under wraps, but at this point, um, no one's getting free flights off of me. And <laughs> they, <laughs> they pretty much know it. So um, this, this is what happened. All right. I was working at UPS, like, at the age of 18. Like, that was, like, my first job ever. And so I was there for five years. And so I went on vacation. Like, I went to a family reunion in Michigan. And I came back. And I was like, yo, I'm not walking back in that building. Like, it was just something telling me I should not walk back in that building. Like, I just did not want to go. So I just never went back into that building. And the thing about UPS is that it's a union-based job. And so the way unions work is super, super hard to get fired. So I went, I went out of town 
July 3rd. And that was like my last day working there. Like the, the second was the last day working there. And I wasn't officially fired. I didn't find this out till like I had a desk. I wasn't officially fired until like the last week of July. So I did not call nobody, didn't text nobody. I just did not go. Like I just did not show back up there. And then um, the month of August, I had no income and I was just hustling. Like I was doing some things that I would not say that's legally to say on this podcast. But, you know, uh, I was I was surviving. And so I ended up getting this. I, I Actually, I took a few interviews, right? Um, just a little warehouse positions. And it was this one job. It's called Fresh Express. You know the other uh, little salad company? Yeah, so they have a warehouse um, not too far from me. So like, I went to the warehouse, and they this is how they this I I I kid you not. This is how the interview goes. Um, it's a group interview, so you know everybody getting hired. You know how that goes. Like, if it's if it's a group of people at a warehouse, everybody's getting hired. They're not really doing real interviews. Oh, okay. So, um, they go. Yeah, we pay ten dollars an hour. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, that's that's not much, and because UPS, I was making thirteen when I left, okay. so I'm like, ten dollars, eh, that's that's a drop off. Then they go, uh, you're gonna be in a cold suit all day long. You're gonna be in the, like a warehouse, a cold warehouse, like a freezer almost, and you're gonna be chopping up salad. And we we try to give you an off day. I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean try to give me an off day? And there's people in there. Just that are like, oh man, dang, I like my off days, whatever, you know. And they're contemplating what's going on, and I'm like, yo, I'm not working this job, but I'm I'm gonna just hear whatever else you got to say. And so, the only way I work this job is if I get off at like 3 p.m. in the afternoon. So like, if I work in from like early morning, I get off at like 3 p.m. and I still got the rest of my day to myself. I don't mind working every single day, you know, because I still have. It's no. it's cra- <laughs> it's crazy. But I'm saying like that's like the like the bottom tier stipulations for me to work like a lot of hours. I I just have to get off early. So they said the hours they had available were from six to three. And I'm like, oh, that's perfect. And then they said six p.m. to three a.m. Right. And, and he said, so go ahead and say goodbye to your nightlife. And I said, ain't no way in hell. I'm working <laughs> from 6 p.m. to 3 a.m. every day of the week. Like this, there's no way possible. Like I'm just no. So I end up going to uh getting this other job at ABM, um, which is at the airport. And so you know, you remember the, the people who cleaned the planes? Yeah. I ended up working for them. And the crazy part about it, like um, I'm like when we're we're uh choosing schedules once I get hired there. Uh, what happens is everybody's picking these schedules and I'm like, yo, nothing goes on at the airport at night. So if I get a night shift, I won't do any real work. And like people were choosing their schedules before me and then they were picking like regular daytime shifts. I'm like, yo, do they do they not comprehend like how how business work? Like, I don't I don't get it. So I ended up picking a night shift. I didn't do nothing. Like at all the time I was there, I would go in there. I would probably work for like the first two hours and the last two hours, and I'd be sleep throughout the other time. <laughs> and then while I was there, I had a I have a friend who who works at Delta. His whole family works at Delta. It's wild. I don't know how. He sent me like an internal application, like one of those referral ones, mm-hmm. and that's how I got hired 
to be at Delta. And yeah, that's my my Delta story. And I quit the day before my first day of training. So nice. Yeah, it okay. was. So um, working at Delta, we travel a lot. We do. So uh, tell me about your travels um, or your favorite favorite places. My favorite places. Okay, I do have one. I was about to say most of them are before I even started working at Delta. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite has to be Santiago, Chile. Mm-hmm. Like, it's beautiful there. Like, I would live there for about six months to a year. Like, the, it was. it's so much art. There's so much culture. Like, there's views everywhere. Like, landscapes. Mm-hmm. Top, like, it's just beautiful. I would definitely go back. The people are nice. The food is amazing. Like, we didn't have anything bad the whole trip. They have a whole strip of, like, bars and clubs where you could party. So they have, like, the straight bars. Then they have the Afro-Latina vibes. Then they have the gay bars. Like, it's just a row of, like, hundreds of bars and Mm. clubs. Um, So the nightlife is lit. Like, the food is lit. Like, what more can you ask for from a place? It's beautiful. They have art. So, yeah, I'm definitely going back, though, for sure. Take me with you. Let's go. That's my favorite place that I've been to with Delta. Okay. And on the other end of that, what's the worst place that you've been? Oh, my God. So the worst place has to be not because it's Baltimore, Maryland, but it's just because because that's where I went. (laughs) That's where I went for my 30th birthday. Like, who wants to spend a milestone birthday in Baltimore? How did you... Wait, 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 who planned that? How did you choose that? Like, what? Like, See, this is what it gets crazy because, okay, so basically, I was dating this guy, Delta, and mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we were supposed to go to Cabo together for my 30th, so that was the whole thing. Like, we were hype. I packed my bags, I had all my beach stuff. Um, I was ready to go, so I'm at the airport already. He's like, I'm running late. I'm like, okay, so should I wait or should I go? And that's like, that's where I failed. Like, I should have just hopped on the plane without him. And I would have had the time of my life. Like, I'm used to going places solo anyway, so I really should have did that. But mm-hmm. I was like, no, he's on his way. I'll just wait. We'll catch the next flight or we'll just go somewhere else for the night and then go to Cabo in the morning. So he gets there and he's just like, let's let's go to Baltimore. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so... Um, he's a gambler, by the way. So they have uh, casinos in Baltimore. Yeah. So we go to Baltimore, and he gets wrapped up with the gambling thing. And the next day comes, and he's just like, okay, let's just, you know, stay another night. I'm like, okay, at this point, we're not going, obviously. And then plus, like, the night before, we got, like, super drunk. Like, so it was just like, every like, I was sluggish the next day anyway. So it was like, I feel like my birthday's ruined, period. Mm-hmm. So. So yeah, spent my 30th birthday in Baltimore, Maryland. Don't get me wrong, the crab cakes are amazing, but like that's how I um him and I are definitely not cool at all anymore. So that's dead. But um yeah, that was horrible. That had to be the worst trip. Was is are y'all not cool because of that? Yeah, it's mostly because of like his gambling problem. Like he was like really wrapped up in that lifestyle. I'm pretty sure he still is. But I don't talk to him anymore. Like, uh-huh. people are really addicted to gambling. Oh, I I, I know. <laughs> I know. 
it's, not a- it's crazy you have a bad story about like all right so my sister lived there for like i guess about 10 years uh she moved back to atlanta last year mm-hmm. and so um we spent my parents 50th in baltimore and <laughs> and you're mad about your 30th and they, they spent right. their 50th but uh nah like we uh we rented a day cruise and so we had a boat on the um pier out there and uh we got them an airbnb at like a, a nice spot in baltimore so they had a good time uh okay. you on the other hand uh, i don't <laughs> that's just not what i had in mind like, the food was good though like mm-hmm. Baltimore crab cakes like I'm about to take a flight out just to have some crab cakes like, uh, stuff. I wouldn't what? not not to nah nah it's okay you don't, you don't... Uh, I'm not a big seafood person but I oh okay I'm not going anywhere just for food though like I thought I about it what I literally fly for food I mean I can't just like, fly <laughs> I'm not a foodie. I don't understand people like you. What you mean? Not enjoy food. Like, like food is cool, but like it's mainly to survive for me. And like there's other times where it's like I, I'll be craving something, but for the most part, it's like, oh, I, I need to eat. You know? So what do you eat? Um, I eat like regular food. Uh my brother has this thing where he um he he introduced one new vegetable in his life a year and so that's what I'm trying to do just to like build my palate really um I've been doing like one every few months actually but um here is a bit of a stretch <laughs> but um yeah uh I I just eat I eat regular food like um whatever but I'm not I'm, I'm not like good food in your life oh no food has to be good like can't i I will be upset if food is bad because now i gotta starve but i do like have to have food um be edible shall i say because i grew up all right so the way my household was set up um my dad bought a lot of off-brand like foods so like uh a lot of food tasted bad or or um I grew up around a lot of uh what's it called? Um Arabs, Arabs and Africans. So um I grew up tasting foods of the world. And so uh this comedian has this joke. He's an Indian guy. He says, a lot of people say they like Indian food. Like, no, you like Indian cuisine. Indian food is awful. <laughs> and so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Indian food is like potatoes and like different types of soups and porridges because Indian people are poor and like a lot of those people in those foreign countries they don't eat as exquisite as we assume they do when we're eating all these like these different restaurants but in reality the Indian dishes are like the uh, native dishes like to those countries are like really like poor people food because they're, they're like third world countries and so that's the type of food I grew up on like I guess poor people food and so like I've I've already like had different foods of the world from like people native from those countries and not from the rest like these fancy restaurants and whatnot so like like once I got older and people like why don't you eat as much of these I was like well because I grew up on it you know and and this it wasn't that great to me that's just me that's some childhood trauma 
Yeah, I, I guess. Mm, that's interesting. Okay. Hold on, hold on real quick. Yeah, that's my brother. But, um, yeah, it's just, it wasn't, it just, it wasn't all that. So, who has the best food? Um, what place? Like, location? That's tough. Uh, that that's really tough. I had some amazing food in, um, San Diego. I've had amazing food in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I've had, oh my God, you know what? Dubai. Dubai. <laughs> I really want to go to Dubai. Dubai, the food there. Uh-huh. I, I've had amazing food, so it's really hard, like, to tell you who's the best. But mm-hmm. Dubai is up there. I know once COVID over is over, I I'm gonna take. I don't know if it's possible, but I'm gonna try to take like up to six months off, or just and just travel. I would like to see that. And um, we know how it, that goes. <laughs> it, it sucked that, like that i didn't really i haven't i haven't flown this year since i guess february oh wow and uh i went to where i go i went to minnesota uh the mall of america oh yeah i actually remember you telling me that and um it was it was cool but it was cold and i was like ah only reason I would go back is to do a um like just a shop because they don't have taxes on clothes up there. Oh. And so right. So like I want to go back with an empty suitcase and just go crazy because it won't it don't it won't hurt my pockets to get there. Uh when you get off the air when you leave the airport, um you can hop on the train. It's a small little price to pay for the train, but it's not like how Marta is. Um, it's like you get on a train, you buy your ticket, but you only have have to have your ticket in case they start coming around checking for tickets. Like if they don't check for tickets, then you're fine. So I, I like when I went, I was like, no one's checking my ticket. So when I came back, I took my chances. I was like, it's whatever. If I get caught, I get caught. I'll pay whatever. But uh, so yeah, I'll go back with an empty suitcase, catch the train to the to the mall, and just go shopping. Like because they have every single store and no taxes. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Sounds like we should have been up there for Black Friday or something. Um, um we can go like tomorrow, but I mean, <laughs> but um, Black Friday is kind of over. I just feel like that's when all the sales happen. So. No, nah, it's only on clothes, like electronics. They have taxes. Okay. But, yeah, but I guess there are Black Friday deals on clothes too. Yeah, so, sure. so um, COVID hit this year, and uh, you took a road trip. I ac- did across the country. I did. So my sister and I, we we actually I talked about this a couple years ago. That's just been a bucket list goal of mine to just go across country, rent a Winnebago, um, and you know just sightsee, stop in every popular city. Mm-hmm. see the sites so my sister just randomly was like uh let's take a cross-country trip and i was like oh my god let's do it like <laughs> I, like um so yeah we did that we didn't have a winnebago though so we just used my jeep mm-hmm. 
and we made a pallet in the back seat. We put the seats down and made a pallet and we would sleep at the little um, gas stations that allow truck drivers to stay overnight. Mm-hmm. So we would sleep there. And then um, I had the VIP Planet Fitness membership. So that's where we would shower. So we'll find the nearest Planet Fitness because, you know, they're everywhere. Yeah. So we showered. And, yeah, we just explored nature. Like, it was really, like, outside. Like, we didn't, because COVID hit. So we didn't really do much, like, partying or bar hopping or anything like that. It was more so, like, all the nature, um, national parks, Grand Canyon. Um, what are some other ones we saw? Yellowstone National Park. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just nice. We were, what was the one in Denver? Um, what is that? What are those mountains called? Dang, I can't think, but it was. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite part? Portland, Oregon. Portland. Well, Oregon, Oregon in general is just really nice. That's surprising. <laughs> and it's just really nice. It's beautiful. The people were nice, surprisingly. Like, we were in an ho- old hick town at one point, and they had, like, this local diner. The food was good. Everybody was nice. Granted, I think they were meth heads. Like, I think <laughs> that there was, like, a, a motel right next to the diner. So I feel like a lot of the workers stay in those motels smoking meth, and then they pop out and come cook and um, go back, smoke meth and repeat kind of is, thing. Is Oregon the place where they just approved like um like meth, cocaine and all the drugs? Is it? I, uh, I think. Yeah. It, it was like on the uh, on the ballot there was they they just uh, voted to like decriminalize all recreational drugs and they just allowed them for recreation. I, I think you're right. Yeah. All right. So what's weird about that to me is um, imagine going into a weed shop mm-hmm. and next to the weed is cocaine. Like, how do you, <laughs> how, do you how do you cope with that? <laughs> oh, I have I'm not interested in like drug drugs. So uh-huh. that wouldn't do anything for me. I'll just get whatever weed I came in there for. That's just like uh, that's that's just a wild thought to me to just be like. Like you're buying weed and the person behind you is buying coke, and sitting coke. Like, uh, or would you be like? I've always wanted to try it. Oh. Just to say I did it, but I've never wanted to do it. Like I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like as weird as that sounds, it's just like I, I would, I would try it, but I wouldn't do it. You know, like I don't. I don't know how it makes sense. It doesn't. Like, it doesn't it's like, it's something like, I, I, I would, I, like, I tell people I would try Coke, but then, like, if somebody's doing lines and they offer me a line, I'm like, you pretty wild there, you know? It's Right. But I've heard some Coke stories that makes me not want to do it. Like? Um, someone told me they did just a tad bit of Coke, and it, like, it felt really, really great. And like that's the thing about everybody everybody that tells me they do coke or they've done coke is that um like no one says it sucks. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like uh, I, I had a coworker, he said uh 
he did coke for like 10 hours straight and it felt like 30 minutes. I was like, whoa, like, like what? Yeah. And uh, that's, he said that's when he stopped doing cocaine because it's EOD. But he was like, it's, it's a great drug. And like, that's what everybody has always told me. But the thing is, like, uh, they say once you come down from coke, like, it's, it's really, really bad. And that's like the scary part that I don't want to feel. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a hangover, I'm assuming, but a thousand times worse. Yeah. So, yeah, like that's probably why I haven't done Coke. Okay. That's a good reason. <laughs> yeah, that that's a great reason. Or crack, I don't think. I, uh, what would you rather do, Coke or crack? What? <laughs> First of all, I'm not I'm not answering that question. Why not? Neither. Neither. I I would say crack because crack gives people superpowers. Like I've seen crackheads do like some of the most amazing things in the world. Like there was a Twitter page once dedicated to like crackheads and like they were just so amazing. Like, I seen one do, like, a front flip over, like, a sidewalk with rails. Like, he jumped from one edge of the rails to, oh, like, over the other ones. Oh, I seen wow. one fall from, like, a two-story building and just get up and walk <laughs> off. And I'm yeah. like, yo, like, if crack is not giving people superpowers, then what, like, uh, what is, you know? Yeah, at that point, they're not feeling anything, so. But they, they'll feel it the next day, though. But at the same time, their bones should like not work either. Yeah. But it, yeah. so it could be strengthening their bones or whatever, you know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'll pass on those. <laughs> okay, so you travel the world, you travel America, um, and you've seen all types of land. But, like, what makes you do real estate in Atlanta? Like, how did that? Um, when I purchased my first home, mm-hmm. I kind of in love with the process of it. So I was like, this is amazing. I already do interior design. So just architecture and just different homes, like styles, like, that's interesting to me. So I was like, oh, I, I believe I will be really good at this. Like, it was just something that kind of go hand in hand with what I was already doing. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to try my hand in it. And um, I just really love Atlanta. Like, I'm born and raised here. Um, I see the developments here. Like, it's just a lot of money to be made here. And I'm not just in it for the money, but it's just, that's like a perk. Right. There's so many opportunity in Atlanta. So I figured out that's a way to network and meet new people and just elevate your life in general. So it just seems like a win-win. Right. Alright, this is going pretty well. So uh so how does like how does that even how does that process even work? Like just do you have to take a test to like become a real estate agent or yeah, you gotta take a test. Um you can take it at your own pace, you can do it online or in class. Because of COVID right now, I believe everything's online. And mm-hmm. I'm glad I got that out the way because I took mine in class. Like, I can't learn virtually. Like, it's just really hard for me to focus um, on my webinars or whatever modules we're doing. Like, it would be hard for me. Like, I need to be around people. I need to see the teacher. Like, so I'm glad I got that out the way. But, yeah, so you go to class. 
then you take the test, um, and then you pass or fail, obviously, and then you have to hang your license up at a brokerage. So you get to choose whatever brokerage you want to go to. Do you have to be at a brokerage? You have to. If you're a real estate agent, um, if you want to go get your broker's license, then you can be your own broker. But then you have to hang your license up with a brokerage. So what's um what's the difference between a brokerage and like a regular agent? Like how does how does that work? So basically, with a brokerage, um, they take a percentage of your commission. Basically, mm. so they might have like trainings and um, different incentives for you working there. They'll probably provide you with like services that you can provide your clients clients and things like that. Mm-hmm. But for the part is um you have you're required to hang your license there, so. You have to split, like, maybe it depends on what brokerage you're at, but it may be, like, a 20-80 split. So, you keep 80, you give the brokerage 20, mm-hmm. or some, like, flat fees. So, you pay $500, depending on the sale of the home, like, the amount that it's sold for. So, it's a different thing. Mm. Okay. Another question. Uh, I have a friend. I She doesn't have a real estate license, right? Uh, what they her her father do um they sell houses through contracts yeah wholesaling yeah yeah so what they do is they 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 get a contract with the the seller yep and they say we're going to sell you this home at this price or whatever and then they they make a profit through the difference in what they sell the home for so, do you need a license for that? You don't. No. Oh. No, anybody can do that. It's pretty dope, actually. Wholesaling is, I'm actually doing my research on that. Um, because, yeah, you'll find somebody that wants to sell their home. You tell them how much you're going to buy it for. Uh, you have to calculate, like, how much it's really worth, do the comps in the area. And then, mm-hmm. of course, you would sell it to an investor that doesn't have the access that you do. And they would give you more money. So whatever the difference is, say you're selling a house for 100k mm-hmm. um, to a client. So you're telling them you'll give them 100k for their house. And then you tell the investor that you'll sell it to them for 150. So that 50k difference, you get to pocket that. Right. So is that like the easiest way to make money in real estate? It depends on the person because uh-huh. you got to footwork. You got to do a lot of cold calling. A lot of people don't like that. Um, you got to go door knocking. So that's it, a lot of groundwork is mm-hmm. the wholesaling, but it just depends. Are you, if you're not, no, you really have to be a people person with any, um, any type of real estate. Um, I would say like, if you just don't want to get your license, then wholesaling is definitely a profitable way to earn some money. Mm, okay that makes yeah. sense so uh do, like do you um handle commercial properties yes we work with commercial property as well so, so like oh uh what are you about to say go ahead go ahead no, i was saying you can either the same way with homes like you could buy your commercial property or you could lease it mm-hmm. so it's up to you but as an agent um when you lease you'll get like continuous money every month that is leased mm. or if it's the same way as buying a house you get your commission right away 
So, so there are more money in commercial properties than huh? It, it's all about the numbers. Because um, ideally, it sounds like in a commercial property, you could, it, it looks at, it could be residual income. Yes. Like, let's say you, you have commercial property for the Kroger Plaza, right? Mm-hmm. And so every one of those businesses, like, have things going on. You know, they're all, pay, they're all paying rent, you know? Right. So, like, that, that, I look at that as residual income versus a house. Yeah. That's like a one-time fee or one-time yeah. pay. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like you could, like there's some people that literally get 50k in residual. residual I cannot say that word right residuals. now. Residuals. <laughs> yeah. Income a month. So it's like once you sell, there are some people that just do commercial, but it's kind of hard. Like that's not a straight shot deal. Like that it could take years in the making to land a deal in a commercial property. Mm-hmm. So, but you do, you're kind of good. Like, you probably won't have to work <laughs> for a while. But I actually, I do both, but I, I do like working with residential. Like, it's just something about like seeing someone buy their first home. Like, cause I just know how that feeling felt. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I just, I just love that. Like, that's where my passion really is. But I'm open to all of it. So, your target audience is young, younger people buying their first homes? Yeah, I love first-time home buyers, specifically millennials. But mm-hmm. I work with anybody. But first-time home buyers are just—they're just dope. Like it's just dope. <laughs> to see like, like it's their first time. They don't really know too much about the process, so I get to walk them through it, educate them. I get to see their faces light up when they find the right home. Like you know, when you're on your second and third property, it's like, oh, I like this. Let's do it. But when you're like you take your time with your first time clients like they're like really enjoying the process they want to walk around and see every room and you know it's just a different feeling and i like mm-hmm. to see that so does it ever get stressful yeah right Who's- now is <laughs> right now the market is really stressful it's a seller's market so you literally as soon as a house hits the market for sale you have like 50 buyers swarming at it like at once mm-hmm. which- so you got multiple offers on one home and it's kind of like a bidding war. It's like yeah. whoever has the best offer, who's ever like whoever has cash offers. Like there's people with like a uh, half a million in cash. Of course, they're going to go with the half a million in cash versus a finance offer. So it's right. like it's, it's tough out here. So it does get it does get stressful for sure. That's what my parents are going through right now. They're actually buying a home. Um, okay. First off, it threw me for a loop, honestly, um, because because <laughs> like my mom told me she never wanted to buy a home again because she like she had bought two homes before mm-hmm. and like the issues that come with homes, you know, a lot of times like uh, we've had plumbing issues. I don't know what happened with the first house because I was I was a kid. But I know the last house, it had like a lot of like internal issues, like within the walls and stuff like that. And it just cost too much um, during a recession to try to get these things fixed and then to consistently live through that. So. um, uh, So I just assumed that she was renting still. Like I, I knew she was looking, but I just knew she was renting. And then until uh, they showed me this house and I was like, what is this? They was like, oh, yeah, we're buying it. I'm like, what? Like, what are we doing here? And, 
And it's like, it was, it threw me off because I know my parents and all of their qualifications. This house has none of that. <laughs> like they said, they didn't want stairs. This house has stairs. Mm-hmm. They said they, they wanted to like, they wanted a lot of yard. It doesn't have a lot of yard. Like it's just, it's a lot of like, oh my God, how, did, how, how was this the one? But I mean, if they like it, I love it. You know, um, yeah. uh, it's a little bit closer to the city. So uh, I like it. Um, and it's closer to the expressway. So, you know, but it was just, it was just like, uh, like, it's just a, a curveball for me. Okay. But that's good, though. That's actually one of the things I looked for with my first home. Like, I needed to be right by the highway. Um, like, I hate when you get off the exit and you still got, like, 10 more miles to go before you get home. Like, that's the worst. So, I feel that. Yeah. I don't even understand how, like, people live in places like that. Like, that's thoroughly confusing. Me either, but I'm all about the clients, so if that's where they want to live, that's that's cool with me. All right, so when it comes to pricing, right? Um, yeah. I've been seeing a lot of like homes go for sale, and I've been seeing how much they cost. And um, I'm a comparable type person. I like to compare like what you can get for this versus this, you know, with the same price. So I saw a house; it was in Brookhaven. Six bedrooms, like four baths or something like that. I don't know. Um, it was on it was on Twitter, and it wasn't that big, like the, the typical size house in the suburban area. Mm-hmm. And it was going for one point two million dollars. Right. And I, I was like, okay, it's in Brookhaven. I I can understand it being a little pricey, but one point two million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And so what came to my head immediately? This is always like the bar for me. Rick Ross bought Vander Holyfield's mansion for $2 million. Now, I don't know the last time you've seen that up close, but I stay like five minutes from that. And it's like the huge, like it's huge. It's like 50 bedrooms, a ranch, uh, like tons of yard. I think it's, it costs like what, 3K a month to keep the yard up. Um, it comes, he has like a estate security. It's an estate, you know? And so like, to see a mansion like that for two million, and then you see a six bedroom, like average size home for one point two, it always like confuses me. Like, um, is is location that much important when you can spend like point what eight million dollars more <laughs> and get an estate? Like, yeah, you're exactly right. It's location, and then you don't know if that house was renovated or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that plays a part too. So yeah, all that is like tangled up in the pricing, but it's really location. So Brickhaven is hot. Like that's right next to Buckhead. It basically, yeah, it's right next to Buckhead. So people pay money for that. Like people are paying $1.2 million for a skyrise condo. So it's just all about the amenities with that. Like, so it's just all of that plays a part in the pricing. Do you so think? I- do you think sky rises are like good investments? Yeah, I do. I feel like there's always a bachelor or a bachelorette or even just a family that loves the city life that would want to live mm. in a sky. Are you busy? You got to do you got to go? <laughs> oh no. 
Um, I don't have to. Like, oh. But yeah, I feel like Skyrisers are a good investment. Hmm. Like people are 4K and for those um kind of like people that don't necessarily want to buy one, so they mm-hmm. rent it out. Um. Yeah, people pay big money for that. Mm. Yeah, you're right. 4K and rent is great money. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm going to let you go in a second. I just got a few more uh, real estate questions. I pretty much know the answers to these, but um, this for like other people. Because, you know, a lot of my uh, listeners are millennials and young people. And so I'm trying to help you out here. Uh, I love that. <laughs> um, okay, so when it comes to like real estate you know you said location and prices do you think uh you ever like change locations um doing real estate like would you would you move to california or new york because of the, like amount of money you could like potentially make more i will say i'm not really all in it for the money mm-hmm. but because new york is not a question at all like i would never live in new york like no, New York is not Cali, maybe, but um, New York is a no. So I wouldn't move somewhere just because the money is better. Mm-hmm. Like, so, I make my really. What don't you like about New York? I just really feel suffocated in New York. That like, I just feel like a like an ant. Like, <laughs> it, it's so big. Like, it's a little bit overwhelming. Like, there's no way. I would stay more than like a weekend or like three or four days in New York. Like I, I need to come back to the South or <laughs> water. Like I just, I don't. New York is, it's nice though, but I wasn't really impressed with the food. Um, and then you know, it's rats everywhere and trash. But I will say, seeing the concrete jungle from the plane is a sight to see. There's obviously a lot of history there. Uh, music wise and just like landmarks so it's nice i'm not knocking the culture or anything but it's just not my vibe mm. oh all right since you brought up music uh i don't know if you heard i don't know if you're a kid cuddy fan but uh today he announced <laughs> man of the moon three. Oh my god and i'm so excited i tried for that <laughs> and it's coming this friday Oh my god, I didn't even know that, but I used to really love Kid Cudi. I'm like the biggest Kid Cudi fan ever, so like I'm, I'm like, I was geeking earlier. I'm like so <laughs> <laughs> like, you have no clue. And um, alright, so before you go, um, like we stick still on music, right? Okay. Uh, one of my like, a podcast I listen to and um, I'm a big fan of stealing things from other places. That's great. So they do this game called uh, 20 Questions, right? Okay. And so uh, you ask 20 yes or no questions and um, looking to find an answer uh, to the uh, genre, right? Okay. So we're going to play. Okay. Um, you're the first ever guest uh, I've done this with. I plan on doing this with every guest here on out. A little so, nervous. Okay, so but you gotta ask yes or no questions, right? 
So okay. we're going to do this with an album. Okay. Yeah, we're going to do this with an album. And so the album is... Oh, no. no I'm not going to tell you the album. But uh, yeah, you got to... 20 yes or no questions. Okay. To figure out what album that uh, I've chosen. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, go. Wait. Oh, I have to ask you the question. Yes. Oh, my gosh. What? Okay. What category is it? That's that's not a yes or no question. Oh. Uh, <sighs> is it a rap album? Yes. Okay. Uh, is it a male? Yes. Okay. Um, are they black? Yes. Okay. That's uh, a great start. Are they from Chicago? Somewhat. Okay, so are they from Atlanta? Somewhat. <laughs> oh my gosh, okay. Um, We're going to have five questions here. Where are we? Five questions, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, are they married to Kim Kardashian? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, how do I ask this? Is it the album with Jay-Z? No. Okay. Um, I mean, uh, obviously, I'm just going to name the album now and just ask you, is it this album? <laughs> All right. So if you name it, if you, if you take a guess at the answer, mm -hmm. that counts as two questions. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, wait, wait. Before you continue, okay. you can narrow this down <laughs> a lot easier. Really? By, yeah, like by time period or... It's funny because I just knew it was going to be this person. So, I mean, oh, I already it is. It's Kanye. So I already knew it was going to be Kanye. I just didn't, because I know you, but I just didn't know what, obviously don't know what album it is. So... Um, Okay. See, I don't know dates, so that's that's the problem for me. Like, I'm I'm really bad with the concept of time. Like, I tell everybody that like I can't remember years. And... So, uh, I would just have to ask you, like, is it Yeezus? No. No. Okay. Is it college dropout? No. We're at eleven questions. Okay. Oh, so I have to. Okay. Um. Is it eight or five? No, and that's thirteen questions. You're you're adding up your questions. Like what? Oh, is it one by two? Yes. All right. So, like I said, what you what will be a better question is, is it before this album? Did it come out before this album? Okay. You know okay. what I'm saying? Because you've already eliminated certain albums. Right. Yeah. Did it come before? Yay. No. It didn't come before yet. What? I don't even know the name of that album. So it's his latest album. Is it his latest album? That's the question. No. No. What? Can I what? look at 
phone or no, no you cannot look at your phone no. <laughs> we're at 16 <laughs> questions <laughs> tell you after yay i wasn't really into it like wasn't really into his music after yay oh my goodness yeah um, it's so close dang i can't is that is it the church one thing the... no then what is it then <laughs> you're at um, yeah questions you there's an album there that's like <laughs> it's fine seriously <laughs> like um okay so it's not the church album so no it's it's after yay mm-hmm <laughs> Um, I'm gonna help you out. All right, so like fire yeah. going on around me, and I'm just like, this is fine. With all this noise going on in the background. But, uh, okay, you're helping me. All right, so when Ye dropped, there was a, a a slew of albums coming out at the same time. They were all from the Wyoming project. There was Daytona. There was Daytona. Obviously, it's the Kid Cudi and Kanye. Um, There we go. There we go. Okay. Okay, that makes sense now because you mentioned Kid Cudi. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely remember the title of that album. Oh, my goodness. What was that? I mean, obviously, I'm not going to know it if you won't let me look. So. (laughs) (laughs) It's Kids See Ghost. Yep, sure was. Oh, my goodness. Perfect. I didn't win, but I got I got close. You got close enough, yeah. Because that wasn't well. Yeah, technically yeah. it was his album, but I mean he wasn't just the only person on the album, so that was kind of tricky. Yeah, that's why I was like, when you said, "Are they from Chicago?" I'm like, "Uh, somewhat." Right. Mm-hmm. Where's Cuddy from? Cleveland. Mmm. Got you. Yeah. Someone uh killed me with one the other day because I've been testing this game out to see if it's like like playable. It is playable. And so they were like, uh um, she's from New Orleans. It was my friend Kaylin. It was you you met her the other day. Um so we was playing and um I was like, uh is it is it someone from New Orleans? She said, Yeah. So I'm thinking Lil Wayne, uh Kevin Gates, whatever. And I was like, this come out after 2010? She said, yeah. I said, did it come out before 2015? She said, yeah. And I'm like, yo, so it's not Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, it, it really like threw me for a loophole. The, to do, right? the album was Channel Orange. Oh, Frank Ocean's from New Orleans? Yes. I had no idea. See, I knew that, so yeah, it was like really, really like wow, like, and she was she was proud that I got it because it only took me like eleven questions, but it was like it's just not one you think of on a regular. Yeah, definitely, I had no idea he was from there. <laughs> yeah, but um, we're almost at the hour mark, so uh, I'd like to thank you for uh, spending this hour with me. Thank um, you for having me. This was fun. Yeah, uh, hopefully, uh, I'll bring you back another time. Um, whenever you're ready or you're down, um, go ahead and, uh, shout your, uh, socials out. Sure. So you can follow my business page at simplicity I and R. So it's simplicity, the letter I, A and D and the mm-hmm. letter 
Star. That's my um, Instagram page. Then you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is Simplicity Interiors. So on there, I talk about all things real estate, Atlanta, and interior design. Um, and on my personal Instagram is Simply Living. So it's S-I-M-P-L-E-E for Leandra dot living. So L-I-V-I-N-G, Simply Living. All this is going to be in the description. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just oh, like, I, I got to do it. But uh, cool. um, thanks for coming. And uh, if you made it this far, thanks for listening to the Jones.com podcast. And we're out of here.